Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our next episode of The Things We Say, Pastor Roy and Alyssa at Freeway Church. We're just talking, and I hope, and I thank you, I guess, I thank you for joining us today. We are talking about the church, and so um, I wanted to kick it off with Alyssa uh, tell us a little bit about the church. Like, what what kind of church did you grow up in? Mm, well, a few different churches. The first church I remember growing up in is I went to a free Methodist church. And I've been saying this often for some reason. I don't know why. But as a kid, I remember, like, rolling under the pews at the church during worship practice when, uh, my parents would have to stay later and I'd be there in the night playing games, trying to waste the time. I don't know. <laughs> there well, so, you, did you grow, so that was like when you were growing up and then, so from zero to what age? No, when I was zero, I was somewhere else. Okay, but Mount earliest Zion. memory until what um, age? My, I was, oh, how old was I? Six maybe? I don't know exactly, but I was very young. That's what I remember. To what age? Um, till like middle school age, and then middle school, okay. And then I was going to an Assemblies of God church that was kind of like a newer church plant. It was only like a year old when I started going. So very very different experiences, but both really great. And then um, when I went off to college, I was helping with a few different churches. Those were also AG churches, but well, there was this period of time where I got to visit all these churches, which was really interesting because I had to, I was trying to figure out where to serve because at our school, we went to a Bible school. One of the requirements is that you have to serve at a church. So you have to find a church home, even though you're at school, right? Which is really good. Um, but I was like visiting all these places and I didn't have a car initially. So it was like, you had to find friends to take you or like find churches that would come pick you up. And so then I got like this vast array of seeing all these different places that I'd never experienced before. And that was kind of cool. Um, are we still doing my church history? Let's see. I, I took a class in college where I got to actually visit different types of churches, which was really cool. Like, I think we went to, I think we went to like, um, a temple and then we went to like a, like a monk seminary. What is that called? Oh, yes. It oh, I'm trying to remember it, it the was, proper name for that. Yes. A monastery? It was a monastery. Yes. And then... I believe I came with you to that one. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah there were other ones, too. I think I went to a Catholic church, which I'd been to before for various things. No, we things. went to an African Catholic church. Okay. Okay. I came See, with you. you probably remember better than me, because I don't really have a very good memory. <laughs> yeah. Were you in the class with me, or were you no. just visiting churches with you me? You had assignments, and you brought me along, and oh, I yeah, would that do anything right. to go with you. Yeah, so. you just wanted to be with me. You didn't care about the church. I had a car, probably. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I had a car like a year in, but yeah. yeah, anyways. Yeah. So then, so that was the first time, I mean, I learned about different things and stuff, but I think that was the first time I was visiting other churches or church like places of worship. Right. I should say 
that were different? I don't know if that's a question you're asking or something you want to know, but, and then like on missions trips and stuff, um, I've been to churches in other countries and that's always a really interesting experience too. But there's, I mean, there's a lot of things that are the same about church across the board. And I don't know if that's just due to tradition or if like there's something to it, like, no, that's just part of what church is. Like it's part of its DNA. I don't really know. So Right. So on Sunday, we talked about the big church, capital C church, church all over the world. And it's pretty interesting that we're in the position now where there's all these local churches, but we're all one common, we're one family of God. So we're one big family, and then there are small local families. Right. And what's interesting is there's always different styles, right? And so whatever, whoever you are listening today, you may be thinking to yourself, I grew up going to church or I visited a church as a kid or I've seen different styles, but um, we don't, we're not a church that says one style is better than the other. Right. It's just different. Right. And I think that's really important because... If we are to respect our brothers and sisters that do church differently, maybe have different values or different understandings, we need to, we need to respect them because they are our brother and sister. And we're no better than them. They're no better than us. We're just together, you know? I think I, I want to say there was less of that before internet, the internet like took over, right? Because it used to be that, you know, you knew like your little church community and then Sometimes if you would happen to meet a Christian, right, like outside or like find out that somebody believes in Jesus outside of your church circle, that was like this exciting thing. Like, oh, we're a part of this, like the big church family, right? Like we're brother and sister. But outside of that context, I think it was really difficult to connect with and like know about other Christians and even outside right. of your church right now we're so connected like we know so much more about the big church and like all of the individual churches whereas before i feel like it was like this exciting like secret thing almost because how else would you know that people were believers right we don't have like facebook or social media stuff or anything well we're supposed to know each other by our fruit Right, of course, sure, and we <laughs> and we definitely do. I mean, maybe that's the way you would like find out that sure. somebody's if you a get to know someone, maybe. Right, but like we didn't have this thing where we were finding out about like all these other things other churches were doing because we weren't so interconnected. Right, I just feel like there was less comparison even then as right. well, but. Well, it's interesting. Now you say big church. I use that word too, like the big church. Is that normal? Do we say that? I don't know. We say that. <laughs> you the, and me say that. The big church? <laughs> Capital C church. Capital I've heard C church. said before. You know, I ran into a problem on Sunday night. Uh, I went to the Night of Treasures here in Albion, and it was an ecumenical like pastor honoring moment. So... The idea was all the pastors are supposed to get together, priests, religious leaders, and be honored at this event. And so uh, it was a long event, but I went because uh, the, we're all one church. We're right. a big, you know, I, and I and I really value unity over our differences. And so 
I was really I was really glad I was there, but it was a little boring sometimes. Anyway, uh, when it was my turn to be honored and say something, I said something about the big church. Uh, I said like, uh, it's just so great to be here, you know, as being a part of the big church. And I, oh no, Did, <laughs> do you think people thought you were referring to Freeway as the big church? No, I I don't know what people no. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what people were thinking, but I definitely like catch myself doing things like this oh, all the time funny. where I'll say something and uh, it was too fast and nobody knows what I'm talking about. They didn't catch right. it. Maybe, I guess I've, I think the other way I've heard it referred to is more so like the body of Christ, right? Like yeah. we're all a part of the body of Christ and looking at it that way. Right. I like big church though. I think it makes sense our kids refer to big church they say big church though and they mean like the service the adults are in right <laughs> that's probably what people thought when i said maybe, that. Like, maybe. oh he hasn't been in adult <laughs> service in a long time oh my gosh what a nice pastor maybe just call it capital c church yeah well yeah looking back that's but okay the idea is we have this big big church that's all over the world with brothers and sisters we're going to be together in heaven, worshiping God together. There's more Christians alive now than there ever has been in history. There's more alive Christians than dead Christians. Like these crazy stats. Most likely heaven won't be white or brown. It probably will be like Asian. We'll probably be like the majority of the people in heaven. We'll worship together in one accord. All of our different backgrounds and styles, all of the differences together in unity, worshiping God. And this idea, uh, it, that's the end game. That's where we get to end up. But in the meantime, we hinge our growth and our organization and our organism that is the church on this idea that Jesus said he'll build it. Mm-hmm. I will build my church uh, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Upon this rock, I will build my church. So I wonder, Alyssa, your perspective, how does the Lord build his church? Well, it's my understanding that the plan to build it is through his people, right? Um, I don't know. I've, I guess that feels like a loaded question to me because I'm just, I'm so involved with the ministry <laughs> side of church that it just, I don't know. I feel like it all gets sort of muddled. My understanding though, is that it's supposed to be through the people, through people telling others about Jesus. And then through that process of them learning about who Christ is and learning, they can have a relationship with him. They become one with the body of Christ. Right. Yeah. But I think the process of someone hearing about Jesus to becoming part of the actual body of Christ is like a long drawn out process. Like how does like to get to someone to be the point where they understand their gifts and they understand their ministry that God has given them and they're participating in the whole organism that is the church, man, that's uh seems like a long journey, but many of us have been through that, right? We've had to figure out for ourselves what ministry God has put in our lives and what we're, how that works with the big ch- the, the local church that we're a part of. But I think that a lot of times we feel like, at least for me, it feels like 
it's too hard or it's too big or daunting to actually get people from where they're at to like a spot where they're serving at their best. Because if the Lord is building his church and we have something to do with that, man, that puts a lot of pressure on us too. Right. I mean, I think it's helpful though to remember that, well, I guess, so I guess the question I would have for you then is, is when he, when Christ says that he will build his church and he wants to build his church through the people, he's referencing like people becoming followers of Jesus, right? Not like church, like the church building or like the entity of church, right? I don't know. I think, yeah, that's a good question. What constitutes the church in this? The church means ecclesia or assembly when Jesus says this, but like the idea is in the context of his verse is not just a group of people, but it's a group of people that are attacking the gates of hell and prevailing. An organized group of people. <laughs> Correct. With weapons. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you can have a whole crowd of people, but they're not organized and they have no weapons. Right. And then you could have... A little crowd of people that's highly motiv- motivated and, ha- and knows who they are and act accordingly. So, like, the idea of what a, ch- a church is is complicated because really, like, what are the people doing and where are they? So, like, when Jesus says, I'm going to build this organism that's going to attack the gates of hell and prevail against them, they're going to be organized, they're going to be, they're going to have weapons. Jesus is going to build them up. I think mostly of the disciples, the event, the the discipleship of the people in in the room, basically is what I'm thinking of. Because on one hand, you have people that are actively being rescued from this war that that the world is, has been waged on this war. We like we're rescuing them, and they provide hope and healing, and start to move forward instead of always moving back like there's this idea that there's like some hope and there's some rejuvenation in someone's life there's this active rescuing but then at the same time you have this building up of that person to actually do something not just live a great life but actually have a ministry of their own Mm. right and so a lot of times in the church we'll call part one evangelism the part where we go and get other people into the assembly and part two, discipleship, the part where we raise someone up to be actually be used to be part of the church. All of which we trust that the Lord is building, that Jesus is actually a part of. But I think that this is the problem. We tend to get stuck on one of those things, or we get stuck on this idea that the reason we're involved in the church is to make my life better. I think that's like what we get stuck in America. Like, yeah, well, I hear the phrase all the time. Like, I, I'm just not getting fed there or like it's not um, it's not my style or it's <laughs> right. Like there's all these like things like reasons why people say they don't like certain churches, but it usually has nothing to do with the purpose of like why we are a part of the church. Right. Right. And so people put they say to Jesus, Oh, Jesus is going to build his church? Well, that means that I'm going to be able to, as a, as a Christ follower, I'm going to be able to find a church that will help me accomplish my goals. Mm-hmm. And while that's rooted in something good, 
it's missing the point of Jesus like building us. In our world, being built up means uh, accomplishing your goal and getting better at your strengths and like making an impact and like getting more money or living a better life or these types of things, living the good life. This is kind of what our culture says is how we're built. But in the kingdom of God, the relationship with God, anyone who's followed Jesus for any more than three years will tell you that your growth feels a lot more like pain sometimes. Mm. Your growth feels a lot more like, okay, those are great strengths or whatever, but here are all your weaknesses. Let's let's talk about your weaknesses, you know. And then the there's all these verses in the Bible that says, you know, uh, it's the foolishness of the cross, right? It's this idea that like our humility speaks more loudly than our pride. There's these moments where the the kingdom of God is reverse what our church or our world is around us, and so. We're coming to church expecting Jesus to build us up because he's going to build his church. What is it in it for me? But on the flip side, Jesus building his church looks a lot like me giving up my life. Looks a lot more like me sacrificing what I thought I had. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is incredibly complicated for a new Christian or a younger Christian or an immature Christian, right? Because you're still trying to like, you want to follow the Lord, you want to figure it out, but at the same time, you've got all these other things you got to figure out, and all of a sudden you come across these teachings or this idea that Jesus is going to build his church, and I need to change my job, or I need to, you know, fast, (laughs) or something, whatever the Lord's leading you to do. You get into the position where you're like, wait, this isn't building me up. This isn't building the church. I think it's super frustrating as a pastor to watch. I mean, it's it's a challenge. You know, you get people to come into the room and they all expect one thing and then you show them the scripture says something else. Like, that's okay. Right. And to a degree, if you and I have our... Fu- living at our best and we're functioning well and we've gone through these steps with the Lord like yeah we need help to do the ministry God has for us we want the ministry that God has for us to do better we want we want that we want to get better but at the same time like we also need to like tread softly with the Lord you know what I'm saying yeah I just keep um I'm I keep thinking of the phrase that he will build his church and I'm thinking well some people might read that or hear that and think well that means I don't have to do anything <laughs> right Jesus said he'll build the church and I guess you know scripture says that he he uses us right like his plan is to use us so like how do those two things work where like Jesus says he will build the church and yet it's his plan is to use us to do it does that mean that Jesus will like control all our actions right like to like get people to know who he is like to evangelize you know like what what is the relationship between those two like that dichotomy you know yeah it's a good question because yeah it does it it's this um 
yeah i guess you use the word dichotomy it's it's this like scales and this it's like on one side here's my responsibility and then on the other side here is god's responsibility and how do i balance this in my life and it is difficult to do on one side we can just say well god will do it i'm just gonna sit down i'm just gonna do whatever i want god will do the rest and on the other side we're like i'm just gonna do everything and God can stop me if he wants, you know? Right, like, right. Uh, and somewhere in the middle is a balance. Where we're, we're working together in a partnership, right? Mm-hmm. What's nice is that when we partner with the Lord, he says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So we know it leans farther on the God doing things side. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, it's harder for me to believe. <laughs> right. My background is very much like, it's hard work, I'm going to do it. Right. Um. At the other time, we have something that's incredibly important. That's like a missing piece that we probably should talk about more. And the idea is that, like, we have the Holy Spirit who Jesus says, it's good that I'm going to go because I'm going to send you someone mm-hmm. who will guide you into all truth. Right. And this person is more is, is important. So it's good that I'm leaving because this person, the Holy Spirit is coming. That's going to, like, guide you and lead you. And so if we can become spirit sensitive spirit led like quiet our hearts to feel the nudges of the holy spirit and god in our life like we will find this catalyst to growth in our life growth in people growth in our church growth in our ministry because it's really not if we have the holy spirit man we have like this almost like a secret weapon when it comes to how to do what we're supposed to do and it's always frustrating when the Holy Spirit doesn't say anything or you don't feel like he's leading. But in the other times, like, if you're desperate enough, usually there is leadership somewhere. Yeah. So if we could train people to hear the voice of God, which when I say voice of God, I mean the nudges of the Holy Spirit on your heart. I don't mean, like, actual voice, but it would be great if it was an actual voice. If we can train people to hear the voice of God we will train them to know how to build the church that God would want them to build, how to build their corner of ministry, how to build their purpose in their life, and all of these things. So, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's good. I think the person listening, like their next response would be, well, how do I hear the voice of God? <laughs> like, how do I know when it's God's voice? Right. And our, our kids have asked this question a little more so recently. And the best way I've been able to explain it is that it takes practice and it's often, um, a thought or a feeling or something that comes into your brain that doesn't make sense that you would have thought that thing like it doesn't necessarily line up like easily with the same track record of like what you're you were thinking like it almost like a thought that pops up and you're you think to yourself why would I think that right now like that's kind of random or or it could be like somebody comes to your mind that you haven't seen for a while or like haven't been talking to and you're like that's kind of strange that I'm thinking of them right now. Like that might be a good indication that the Lord is trying to speak to you. Mm -hmm. And I think 
I, I mean, it's that's not really the best explanation either, but I guess like the explanation that it takes practice and it's like kind of learning this, learning your own voice and your own thoughts, like understanding which thoughts are yours and then which thoughts feel different, right? Or like seem like they're um, not as, I don't know how to explain that. Yeah, yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. So the first thing you're saying is the self-awareness to understand where your thoughts come from and which ones are yours. And the second thing uh, to understand these anomaly voices that we might hear in our head and are they from the Lord? So uh, as a pastor, I'm always going to say if it, do- if it doesn't line up with Scripture, right. it's not God. So that's number one. Number two, you, if our, you are trying to, you need to develop intimacy with the Lord. And if you're trying to develop intimacy in order to hear his voice, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Like you need to develop right. intimacy with the Lord because you love the Lord. And right. It's an, it's not a manipulation where you're like reading scripture and you're saying, I'm going to hear from God now. <laughs> like you don't force it to happen. Right. Yeah. I would say nine out of ten things I hear from the Lord are for me. Enough to help someone. Else. Nine out of ten. Oh, are for you. Are for me. Yeah. yeah not to help something. It's like when I'm reading the scripture and the Lord will be like, that's for you. Like he'll, or like that's for you right now. And I'm just reading the Bible. Right. Those are like the majority of the hearings from the Lord I have. It's not like I have a word of the Lord for this leader right, at church. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's more like God want, God wants to develop intimacy with you. And, you know, it takes time for us in our busy, chaotic worlds to calm our hearts and to calm our brains. And so we're kind of facing an uphill battle here. But um, if we can develop it, if we can grow closer to the Lord, then he will build his church and he will build the ministry he's called you to do. And he will give you purpose and he will give you like these plans that he has for you. Even if you mess them up, he'll give you more things, more plans. He's got plans on plans and he's going to help you do it. And I think it's just so great that all of that is an outflow of this kind of basic point of saying, okay, we'll get to know God, mm-hmm. grow in your relationship with God, just to know him, fall in love with him, man, that's, that can be difficult. But like, once you start getting it, then these other things come first. There's that verse that says, seek first my kingdom and righteousness. Is that what it is? And all these things will be added onto you also seek, but seek first my kingdom. So we seek God first and we let all these other things come. And hopefully we can build the church that Jesus would want to build. All of us together. We'll look like however we look. <laughs> Probably uh, really colorful and fun. I always think the church, big church, C, capital C church, is more fun than the, uh, the American church. There's more celebration. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us today, and we'll catch you next time on our podcast. Hope you have a great week.